Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi, and today we'll bring you another special guest. His name is Ricky Hooker, and he's the general manager at Global E-Commerce Experts, which is actually an agency that offers end-to-end solutions when it comes to expanding brands into Europe. Right. So they have extensive experience and an amazing thing when it comes to helping getting your brand into Europe. And that's why I wanted to bring them on board today, because I want to touch about this topic, give some tips and just explain to our audience how this whole process works. Right. Uh, so, yeah, let me welcome you, Ricky. It's a pleasure to have you here today. How are you doing, my man? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having GE and uh, yeah, thank you very much. I think I have seen a quite a big content you guys are putting out there lately, the events you guys are, are doing in the UK. And to be honest, yeah, I love the work that you guys are doing and especially helping brands in expanding to Europe. I think it would be amazing to get some of the knowledge today to see how we can help our audience, yeah? Yeah, it's so, really rapidly growing momentum over the last, certainly the last 18 months. Yeah. Uh, Global e-commerce has been around for sort of six years started um, with one particular service then we added another few none few realized that there were different barriers for sellers to grow into the UK and the EU so we added more services oh we can solve this and uh, and now we've got a you know relatively comprehensive route tried and tested route of if you want to grow into the area and you're an e-commerce seller uh, here's the pattern of, uh, of activity you need to go through awesome awesome love that yeah so let's get started i think usually before i jump into the topic i like to get a couple of minutes just to learn about our guests and the company you work with so if you can give us a a, a little bit of background about a who's ricky how you got started into the e-commerce space and what is global e-commerce experts about yeah sure yeah so uh yeah as i mentioned global e-commerce experts have been around for six years and was uh, born from a group of sellers that were encountering specific issues in mm-hmm. expanding their business overseas. Impending Brexit coming up within a few years, obviously it was a few years ago now, but uh, with under the um, under the kind of dark cloud of Brexit splitting the United Kingdom with the European Union, uh, and was born from broadly a tax compliance requirement. Okay. Um, Getting VAT uh, compliance, mm-hmm. VAT numbers, and things in other countries uh, to allow them to participate on Amazon's Pan EU program. Now, nowadays things are a lot more sophisticated. Amazon has its own tax compliance service for some sellers, mm-hmm. and so for everybody. Um, but beyond that, there was a realization that actually there were other challenges to overseas sellers when it came to getting set up in um, into the UK and the EU. Primarily, where do I put my stock? So, three PL mm-hmm. services. How do I get my stock back if it gets returned um, in terms of those fulfillment reworks, returns type things? And then moving on from there, um, the other other compliance based things, product compliance, label compliance, we can touch on that 
the Toronto. Um, and how, uh, how how do I convert to this new region? Maybe different languages, uh, listing optimization in different countries. Somebody who's kind of got my back in yeah. growing my e-commerce business in another region. So um, the services expanded out from you know from that point. For myself, I've been in the business as a general manager here alongside um, the ownership group for two years. And I've come from uh, 20 years of international trade, specifically with the North, with North America and Asia, uh, outside of e-commerce and within um, building and setting up, not on uh, e-commerce platforms, but B2C direct sales in e-commerce, um, specifically uh, building US and uh, Chinese-based trade. So I have a lot of experience and background in not just the 3PL part, but the uh, marketplace launching, uh, acclimatization to overseas trade, which takes some time for sellers, especially mm -hmm. if you've only traded in one market, as yes. an American, for instance. Um, and uh, so I joined yeah, a couple of years ago, uh, beginning of the pandemic, to help the chief exec to continue with the growth trajectory of the business and to really get behind, solidly behind the sellers that were being referred to us to help mm -hmm. them grow. Um, very much enjoying being part of the successful expansion of these sellers. It's a hugely exciting space to be in right now. Yeah. Uh, in so far as uh, the style and trade and the, and the amount of expansion and the opportunity mm -hmm. that exists for those sellers. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I, I kind of live, I'm living the dream in the yeah. West, uh, <laughs> from, from that side of things. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much for the introduction. Yeah. I, I mean, your background is amazing. Yeah. I bet you have seen everything so far now when it comes to the e-commerce space, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we get challenged every day. So yeah. every time, every <laughs> time sure. you solve a challenge, it's another, I know, you know, it's another I tool know. that you can use. So um, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's what I love about e-commerce. You know, it's like every single day you wake up, it's like, what I'm going to try to fight today, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which fire is burning where? Yeah, 100%. Now, uh, let's jump into, yeah, the topic, which is basically expanding to Europe. I think uh, each single day, uh, sellers that are currently, for example, in our markets like US and um, overseas, uh, they see that the competition is growing and they start to see options uh, outside the marketplace, right? Specifically the Americans, right? I, I work a lot with the US market and sellers in the US and every single day they, they, they complain about the PPC being so expensive, find, finding solution to expand the brand uh, outside of Amazon US. And the first thing that usually comes to their mind is Amazon Europe, right? Uh, however, there's always those concerns about should I expand, should I not expand? And I think usually the first question that people uh, ask themselves is, uh, I'm ready to do this expansion or not, right? I think there are definitely some things that you need to have in place, so certain volume that should be, you should be managing before you do this jump. So I would, I would like to start with the first question. And I know you work with a lot of brands and you help them decide if this is the right step for them or not. So what is usually the type of criteria that you have seen in your successful brands that you say, okay, you know what? You're ready to to jump from Amazon USA to Europe. Um, and and what is that? How does it look like? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's very um, skew dependent because mm -hmm. for some sellers they might uh, it might be something if it, with for, for less congested uh, sectors of e-commerce mm -hmm. it might be something that's worth doing earlier. 
Um, we said typically, the first question we would ask a seller if they were, let's say they were an Amazon seller in the United States. The first question we'd ask is, have they started trading in Canada? That's normally the first step because for a US seller, um, Canada is the first easiest foray mm -hmm. into export sales, fundamentally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not exclusive. I mean, some sellers might choose the, but it's the easiest way using these Central American, Canadian, and then Central American markets mm -hmm. where they can continue to trade from their existing US home. Yeah, that's right. So they're still exporting. They're introducing into the forays of uh, overseas sales, maybe tax compliance in different countries, maybe some different currencies mm -hmm. outside of the greenback um uh, us dollar mm -hmm. um and that's so that's definitely a starting point. that's normally our first question just to make sure that these organizations are prepared for the extent of what they're doing beyond that i would say that typically we're dealing with significant six seller annually not monthly mm -hmm. um sellers so um if not million dollar turnover businesses but certainly not exclusively some of them are half or a mm -hmm. third of that size and still okay. trading um and, and still it's right to make that investment but typically there's going to be an investment in growing um into a new region and so you're going to need to have the you know the capital ready to be able to do that but typically the cost of that for some of these sellers is a month's worth bbc yeah. you know we're not talking yeah. uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars here um, these are, you know, uh, functions which are, you know, forms and, and you know, the, mm. you're paying for man hours and applications yeah. rather than you know, significant chunks. Mm -hmm. But bear in mind, these organizations also are going to have to underwrite the cost of stock in, yeah. in two different places. So mm -hmm. there needs to be a preparation uh, and, a, you know, a business case from that side of things. But I would say on average, we, you know, we deal with everything from a million dollar um, sellers annually to hundred million dollars and quite a few quite a bit smaller than that but with specific um, yeah very niche things like yeah specific niche things which really make sense to come to I a less see. congested perhaps marketplace so no I one see. written rule for that but as long as those people are ready for the implications and the complexity of what they're doing and they've got the capacity to underwrite the stock then um uh, then that will be uh, that will be a good time to start good yeah, I think, yeah, that's an amazing answer. I think the same. I think it's always going to be for sure at the product level because we all know you may have a million dollar product in the US, but sometimes that product is not going to work in Europe, right? So you need yeah, to yeah, diligence and everything. Yeah, we do. We, do um, we always start right at the beginning of the journey with a feasibility of understanding mm -hmm. what uh, the scope of things are, just to run some software tools on understanding what these particular commodity codes and ASINs would be able to achieve in the region. And, you know, I always use the joke uh, to clients of, you know, if you're selling gun racks to, for pickup trucks, there's not going to yeah. be as much demand for those in the UK as there is mm -hmm. in Texas. So you might have yeah. to take some care. Uh, but I on know. the whole, e-commerce, you know, there's half a billion Europeans mm -hmm. across you know, the geographic region of Europe. And predominantly, they have the same desire to acquire stuff <laughs> that's sold yeah. online that people in the US do. So, you know, on the whole, um, it, obviously it's much more uh, data-driven than that, yeah, <laughs> inevitably. Sure. But um, fundamentally, you know, you're, 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 unless you're going to something particularly niche, you, 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 
Yeah. Okay, that's great. Awesome. So now I think once people answer that question to themselves, they say, okay, I want to start in Europe. I'm going to start the processes. I think the next most valid question is where to start, right? We know Europe has multiple marketplaces and it can be sometimes dangerous if you launch all of them at the same time and you don't know how to manage inventory, the advertisement and all of that. So yeah. I'm pretty sure there's always there should always be a strategy behind what is gonna be your like your your founder marketplace when it comes entering to Europe and then using that as a foundation to uh, expand your growth within Europe. So I would like to hear what is usually the countries that you advise when you bring exclusive brands that are doing successfully in the US into Europe. Um, why is the reasoning behind choosing those countries? Yeah. Okay. So. For the, for the early part, we would, um, if you, so let's sit back to the statistics. Broadly sure. speaking, um, not to the, you know, broadly speaking, the market in Europe is um, not dissimilar to the market that you could expect from the United States as a whole. Yeah. Of that, there's three core countries within that that will gain you a big chunk of uh, the opportunity, and that's the United Kingdom. France and Germany, Germany and France in that order. Mm -hmm. um, so those three countries would allow you access to approximately two thirds of, maybe a bit less than that, 60 odd percent of the entire European opportunity. Okay. Those, those, those numbers are, um, they're, they are, they're, they're adapting rapidly as a, as a new online marketplace or online marketplaces are expanding. Mm -hmm. they're, get, they're being caught up by other countries around them, which is expanding that number somewhat. But we would recommend that you begin with, if you're from an English speaking country, you begin with the United Kingdom for the simplicity that your listings, your A plus content, all of your activity so mm -hmm. far is going to be in English. So that represents the fastest route to actively being able to go live in a new nation or you need some currency support for uh, for British pounds and, um, you know, to, and to convert from that side of things. If you're staying, and the, other, and the other big reason for that is that in the United Kingdom and in Germany in particular, Amazon is the dominant marketplace for selling. Yeah. And typically for an American seller, not so for a seller outside of Europe, we deal with a lot of sellers from Australia, Japan, mm -hmm. China, and the, and the Middle East. That that's not necessarily the case, but for for American sellers who have been selling perhaps almost exclusively on Amazon and Walmart, say in the yeah. United States, the United Kingdom's familiar. Mm -hmm. There's a familiarity of language, a familiarity of marketplace, Center Central, Center yeah. Vendor Central. You know, those are familiar places. Mm -hmm. So those are a good places to start. They'd always be that recommendation. Uh, beyond that, then you're then moving into the realms of oh, translating your listings mm -hmm. and then having a stock inside the EU. And we would recommend then Germany and France as a pair, maybe Germany to begin with, France shortly afterwards. Then you're into additional tax compliance, you're into Europe, then so you need some more stock. Mm -hmm. uh, so that adds a degree of complexity. So that will be stage two, France and Germany together. We would always recommend that those were sold and hubbed and shipped via the Netherlands. We happen mm -hmm. to have um, a 3PL facility, as do most e-commerce 3PLs uh, in mm -hmm. the Netherlands. Reason is it's equidistant between those two countries. It has very, um, very good shipping links, very good logistics links. 
Uh, and there is a there is a very 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 rapidly growing e-commerce uh, Amazon e-commerce marketplace in the Netherlands. Okay. So it's Liact adds an additional one because you need to be tax compliant. You need a tax number in that country as well. That okay. all comes as a freebie. Um, I see. So that's normally the kind of start set. And at that point, you could then decide if you want to join Amazon's Pan EU program. Then you gain some more additional if if you're an Amazon seller. Yeah. Be to say sell our own off Shopify, and you need to do this yourself. Uh, but the, those hurdles then naturally, as for an Amazon seller, would mean that you would um, join the Pan EU program, add some more uh, tax numbers, and then you in, you just inject your stock into Amazon's um, DCs within Germany or in France, and then they'll arrange for things for you on there. The sellers okay. who are more than one marketplace, things get slightly more complicated yeah. initially. But of course, lots yeah. of advantages of selling off market. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's something that you touched that is is very important, and I bet a lot of people ask you, and they're always concerned. Is everything that has to do with compliance and beauty? And we don't know that UK is outside a Europe after Brexit and everything. I'm pretty sure that different rules um, and the way you deal with inventory between UK and Europe. So usually, how is the transition? Let's say our customers from the US start in Amazon in the UK, right? And they start selling. Everything starts going successfully. Then how they jump from the UK to Germany uh, to actually Germany or any country in Europe? Because I get that question a lot, and I know now there are extra steps due to Brexit and everything. So can you just briefly um, summarize how that works? Let's say they're already successfully launching the UK. How they jump now from there to to Europe because of the Brexit situation? Yeah. yeah so um, in the shortest and most simplest form, there's a split of stock between those two geographic regions now that the United Kingdom has left the EU. You know, mm -hmm. the, the customs uh, partnership of uh, of the European Union, um, that stock needs to be split. Now, that's not to say that you need to have twice the amount of stock because you are spreading that stock about the marketplace and there's various software tools that can help you and indeed Amazon will help you uh, to predict uh, what stock needs to be in both of those places. But ostensibly, you need to have stock in both places, some stock in the UK and some stuff in the, U in the EU. Two yeah. years ago, pre-Brexit, of course, you could have one set of stock. Yeah. So you need to you need to distribute your European um, stock across the UK and the EU. It's the mm -hmm. political change mm -hmm. and the geographic part. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that piece. Then then you've got inventory in those countries, uh, of those those particular regions. Thirtieth stock in the UK, two thirtieth stock in Europe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that means shipping twice. Sometimes that means shipping once mm -hmm. and cross docking in one particular venue and moving the remainder into the other place. That does incur two sets of duty on import, mm -hmm. but typically that's cheaper than sending two containers to us. I see. If people are sending, uh, if sellers are sending pallet loads of goods or the air freighting, that's not so much of a problem because mm -hmm. uh, those goods can come to those particular places. So um, you work through this, the work through the, the, uh, the challenge of unraveling where your stock's going to go and how that's being distributed with the advice of commerce experts if you wanted to yeah. uh, from an account management perspective. Um, once that happens, then you're able to then um, trade in the entire uh, breadth of the EU with the stock that's in the, in the Netherlands, for instance. Mm -hmm. Or you could inject your stock, to start with, you can inject your stock directly into FBA in Germany if you're an Amazon seller. You mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily need to use a 3PL, but then you are restricted by 
the mm. shipping cost versus the index numbers that are being offered for those mm. places that vary across the year. If you don't have a 3PL and you have a removal order or you have returns, how are those going to be yeah. handled? So we all yeah. recommend that you stage your goods in a 3PL. Not to mention, we're talking a lot about Amazon here for France and Germany, but Amazon is not the dominant marketplace outside of outside of France and Germany. Yeah, and that's right. We would always recommend a multi-marketplace approach. There's a bunch of other very, very uh, worthwhile marketplaces that you really should be on in the mm -hmm. EU. And from a 3PL, it doesn't matter where it's on Amazon. It could be anywhere. You can have your own website. Keep the data yourself. You can keep yeah. training those customers. Um, for sure. That's interesting. Yeah. And you also mentioned before, which is very interesting, and I start hearing that more and more, the Netherlands, right? So I hear that Netherlands is very uh, custom friendly in order to, you know, have your expansion within Europe. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that? So how will you use Netherlands in this expansion? Will you use it as your hub to then have your inventory and expand among Europe? Or why Netherlands is so important nowadays, I see as, 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 as. Uh, Well, there's two, there's one key reason why the Netherlands is important, and that is Rotterdam. So Rotterdam mm. is um, a key European port that's coupled with some of the most seamless import procedures have really got it dialed in, in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. their customer mm -hmm. procedures. A really extensive, sorry, predominantly English speaking, uh, so for overseas sellers, there's not this this trickiness of, um, uh, and I have to say, the Germans and the French really are working, <laughs> coming very, very, very swiftly behind. Um, but the Netherlands is a very easy place for mm -hmm. English-speaking sellers to trade. I see. Um, very, I uh, very slick custom procedures and a very, very slick um, logistics network outbound to both Germany France. So those P2 pieces are important. And likewise, um, the tax procedure for the Netherlands is simplified by VAT deferment. So you can apply mm. at the point of applying for um, your VAT number for that deferment, as you can in the UK and in France, but you can do this in the Netherlands, which means that when you bring your goods in, you don't have to pay that VAT at the point of customs. You don't have to pay that until actually the point that it leaves the country, if it's going to France or Germany, or so in all the time it's sitting in your 3PL, you don't have to pay that VAT until mm. the point yeah. that it leaves. So, or it's sold ultimately. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of smaller businesses that are investing in uh, an additional set of stock, uh, investing in growing to a new market and putting that effort in, it's a really, really useful cash flow um, relief that comes from not having to pay 19, 20% of additional tax, sales tax at the mm -hmm. point of input, uh, import. So uh, that really, really helps from the Netherlands perspective. Its own Amazon marketplace, Amazon.nl, is rapidly growing and it has its own own home, uh, fiercely loyal to the Netherlands, bol.com, um, which is their own home marketplace, which is, um, which really serves well the needs of highly tech-savvy uh, buyers. So the Netherlands is a very small country with a relatively yeah. small number of people in comparison to France and Germany, of course. Um, but nonetheless, the proportion of their e-commerce spend is not to be sniffed at, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, what, 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 what the beauty of, of you know, if, you, if you bring this into the Netherlands, uh, they come to a relatively simplified, a simplified customs procedure that's very slick. You're only a 
a few hours by road with no road, mm-hmm. no border. This is worth noting to America because it is like driving around the United States. There's no border inside the European yeah. Union. So mm-hmm. you're free and clear into, for instance, Germany that has notoriously complex import procedures. I know. Goods are held up, especially by air. Q4 are, yeah. last year before Christmas, it was a nightmare. Like a nightmare coming I know. in. Yeah. And, you know, sellers were, were losing all more, you know, making huge losses, lo- eroding all their margin sitting waiting losing stock stock being returned letting sellers down and this this was all because of this cut this complicated customer procedure so we'd always say take the point of of least resistance to to you know provide ports which are uh, wanting to help you and always stage your stock outside of the marketplace to give you flexibility and ability if index numbers change or if you know if it goes if it goes bad you've got inventory elsewhere uh, you know, you can set up as uh, as, mer- as merchant fulfilled. You can set up in other marketplaces quickly. Yeah. You know, your business is not dependent on one marketplace. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, amazing advice. Uh, great. So I think now one last point I would like to touch uh, that I feel also a lot of people is usually concerned when expanding to Europe is everything that has to do with, you know, compliance and VAT and basically taxes, right? Usually I get the question, oh, can I travel with my US company into Europe? Uh, what is usually what triggers for me in terms of VAT um, and compliance. And I know also one main concern is the compliance side of things because a lot of products, when you bring them into Europe, specifically some countries like Germany and France and, and, and those countries, this, they ask for a lot of requirements and, and, you know, testing for the product and things like that. So how the process usually look like, I mean, it's, it's a long process, it's something very easy to navigate or is 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 a nightmare so what is your experience with that yeah well if you're using um if you're using a service like ge's then mm-hmm. no that headaches taken away from you yeah there are some compliance pieces for products the, the the pieces the compliance pieces surround what's on the label of the goods because that mm-hmm. dictates what is required from a club compliance perspective mm-hmm. um there's some really important pieces that you need to have an address within the UK and an address within the EU to provide mm-hmm. both of those services. Uh, and those things need to be on your products. Some sellers will over-label the existing label. Some will order stock from the point of manufacturer specifically for the region. Some will um, they will redesign their stock. Some will um, uh, from that side of things. So. Uh, the, 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 the label compliance check will check things like what safety information is required, which documents you need to have stored to show, mm-hmm. which testings may be required. It's not a minefield by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do a label compliance check and it comes up with a report of these are things that you need to do. You need to put an address okay. on, you need a, you need a mm-hmm. barcode, which is compliant with the UK market, which mm-hmm. many US ones are not. It's to be the right yeah. uh, uh, GS code uh, for your barcode mm-hmm. and there'll be little things like you know ingredients need to be shown in mm-hmm. metric instead of imperial it needs to have certain safety symbols that are not necessary in the US there are some yeah. items which are, uh, which won't be compliant food stuff, okay. ingredients that kind of stuff so that label compliance is being done and then there's something called EPR which is the um, environmental permitting regulations which means that there's a tax in effect on goods that you're importing into the into, the, into France and Germany mm-hmm those yeah. goods you have to pay a tax on arrival for the end of life of those products, you know, the, the disposal mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. So those things need to be set up um, at the beginning. Is it a minefield? No, it's it's not it's not that big a minefield. Most most of our clients are moving through um, the the process within I don't know, 
30 days at the longest, some in 20, 20 okay. days, 14 days. So um, uh, it's, it's a procedure more than yeah. a minefield. And, and, and you know, you, you've not made any investment beyond the label check, you know, a few hundred dollars initially to have mm. your label checked. Yeah. You could read that report and say, well, blow this, we're not going to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's too hard. Um, yeah, yeah. Or you could say, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. We need an address. We'll pay for an address service. Uh, it's called the responsible person. Uh, we'll pay for an address service and we're away. We're registered with the customs agencies. So it's a procedure more than a minefield. Yes. It's not I know, a I know. Trick. For some sellers, they will have to have things tested. But again, you work with an expert, you pay a charge, they have it tested, the report comes up. Uh, and really, it's just a case of you know safety information. I know. So just checks the, the, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. the regulations in um, you know in in Western countries are there to protect the consumer mm-hmm. to the point that people don't get hurt or are out of pocket. So they're not dissimilar. There are similarities. Yeah. Sorry, there there are uh, places where things are allowed and not allowed. But fundamentally, you know, if you've got a, a product compliant in one Western nation, you're going to be okay. Okay, great. So I bet nowadays so many people hear and this and they say, okay, I love this uh, information. I love this tip, but I actually want somebody to help me with uh, all this procedure. And I know you guys offer, I think, a package called uh, the Golden Ticket, if I'm not mistaken, which actually help you with all these steps, right? So I don't know if you can briefly touch on that and, and how people can could join that. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So we we put together a, a, a number of different services and alongside the, the podcast, we'd be happy to show the, uh, the expansion journey of the matrix that we have, the different different services that you need to be able to expand to the, sure. UK, the EU, the, the blueprint of how to do this. And we tell those, uh, all those services are provided in ones and twos, you know, a la carte, uh, as it mm-hmm. were, if you want some help with translations or label compliance or mm-hmm. you want your tax sorted out, or you just need a 3PL maybe. Uh, and then we also offer um, to access these half a billion new, uh, new e-commerce buyers. We also offer a one investment charge. Uh, we call a golden ticket. It's your golden ticket to those mm-hmm. half a million e-commerce buyers. Yeah. Um, and we offer those um, bundled. Um, you know, a typical investment is anywhere from uh, ten to twenty-five thousand mm-hmm. pounds, depending on the size of your business, the number of SKUs. Um, the speed in which you want to do it and so forth, but you know, somewhere in that order of magnitude to give mm-hmm. an indicator to listeners of what kind of type of investment. Yeah. Um, and uh, to, for both, and for the higher number, that will be both marketplaces. That's uh, right. You know, in multiple countries, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole piece. Yeah. Um, it could be staged. Uh, in you know, in terms of the, in terms of the time okay. scale that you can do it and things like that. It doesn't have to be all be done in one go. You can put this into different quarters, or you can help map out. A flight plan of coming to Europe and accessing these buyers. So the golden tickets are a route to compartmentalizing, investing in your business to investing in your sales because these are two different pieces of. Mm-hmm. Um, because bear in mind, your choices are: do I invest in developing new products? Do I do I mm-hmm. invest in expanding my business into other marketplaces yeah. or different segments, or do you make that investment in? taking your the, the products that you know best the yeah. ones that you know how to sell and you've been successful you've proven to be mm-hmm. successful take those into a new geographic region so yes very much considered this being an investment and that's why the golden tickets wrap that up and on the back of that to start with to understand whether or not this is right for you we offer an account health check which is okay. 
a provisional uh, kind of toe dip into understanding whether or not um, you are ready and suitable for mm -hmm. the market. And we'd love to offer all of your listeners uh, an account health check for free if they get in awesome. touch with us um, to, uh, to do that for the first steps into, yes, you're ready. Uh, know these are some tips on what you might want to mm -hmm. do first before you are. Let's talk mm -hmm. again in a year. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so we'd love to offer those to uh, all of your, all of the listeners of this podcast. Thank to you. See, um, if the European market is uh, is ready for them as well as whether mm -hmm. they're ready for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think I, I was checking the whole offer and, and I love the fact that you have everything that you need to expand to Europe because... When I talk to people, um, one of the struggles they always have is that they work with multiple people, one for taxes, one for compliance, one for imports, and then it becomes such a nightmare to put everything together that they just give up, right? And, and yeah. it's one of the first time I see a package so complete, so congrats on that. But yeah, I think it's, it's an amazing option. I think for those brands that definitely have the capital, and as you mentioned, I know 10, 20 feet. 5k might seem high but when you compare against what you're already spending ppc that some people already spend that on a monthly basis or even yes. more it's like it's just one month ppc but it's going to give you access to half a million well yeah i mean billion, well, right consider yeah. that our target for each of the sellers that join ge is clients and we and it's interesting you say that the, we like to have one point of contact we like to have one name of somebody within yeah. our business that you know um has your back to grow That's your right. business in mm -hmm. the uk and the eu and their challenge, that person is challenged, and their their their, their performance indicators are only reacted, uh, only enacted to uh, to add eighty percent of their existing U.S. sales or their existing home sales mm -hmm. outside. This is not just about Americans. Add eighty percent of their sales uh, in return for that investment. So mm -hmm. knowing that that most of these sellers are seven figure annual sellers, and some of them are eight figures and nine figures actually it's a relatively small investment uh, and yeah. there's different routes to the way in which that can be funded it doesn't have to be in one go as i say mm -hmm. these things can be staged um you know a longer trajectory to be able to make those things happen over a certain period of time so you know the opportunity is absolutely enormous if you get yeah, your head around sure. another way of saying okay in the next 18 months i've got a very realistic way of adding 80 percent to my top and bottom line uh and this is the cost of that. Mm -hmm. For a lot of sellers, they'll look at that for a few seconds and think to themselves, well, there's a lot of things that I do <laughs> that I spend <laughs> quite a lot of money on. And the reality yeah. of the matter is they don't offer anything like no. that opportunity. So no. uh, yes, you're right. It's a chunk of money, but at the same time, it's, it's a, a huge chunk of opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that conclusion. Awesome, um, Ricky. So I think that that would make it for today's episode. I don't know if there is something as you want to add, any specific tip, anything, uh, any last nugget, as they call it, that you want to add to today's episode. Uh, the last the, the last nugget that I would love to add is to say to sellers, um, you've done a really good hard, you've done the hard work, done a really good job of taking your goods to market and to making and doing a good job of growing your business. Buyers want your products just because they're in the UK and the EU, uh, don't, don't hold back. They want to buy books. <laughs> they, you know, they want to experience what it is that you're selling. They want to experience the good job that you're doing and the high quality of service, yeah. the energy and the passion that you're putting into your business. So it's very easy to transfer those and to get to, to, to get some incredible reach. Um, so just urge people to test the water with the UK and the EU 
uh, with the same amount of energy as they've done at home. And if you do that, then uh, then the, then they will they will come. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. So, do you also want to share where people can find you? How people can get in touch with you guys in case they want to? Yeah, I mean, them? hopefully we'll be able to put those in the comments uh, in and around sure. the uh, the software. But we um, you can get in touch with us via uh, or just you can drop us an email expand at globalecomexperts.com uh, mm-hmm. and you can we can talk to you about um, the mention e-commerce lab and e-commerce if you would like a free account health check we'll be pleased to help with that part uh, and we can also help with um, beginning the process of, uh, of talking you through your journey whether that's now uh, or in the future so um, if you get just by email or via our website you can google uh, or you can ser- use your ser- own preferred search engine to search for global e-commerce experts you should find us Hopefully, the top team have done a good job, and yeah. um, we'll be able to help you. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure to put everything down in the comments. Okay. Thank so, you. That's yeah. great. Thank you very much, Ricky. So, looking forward to have you on a future episode. Yeah, have an amazing yeah. day. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for saying. It's a pleasure. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it. We would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.com.